Welcome to the Preach and Persuade podcast. I'm Sam Parada, and usually I'm with Adam Nesvold, but finally I have some different guests on the show. Well, Adam's not really a guest. He's a co-host. But I'm here with my good friends, Drew and Eliza Beatty. Uh, Why don't you guys just introduce yourself and tell the listeners how you know me. Sure. So my name's Drew Beatty. Eliza's my wife here. Um, We've been married a little over a year now, um, both from Park Rapids, Minnesota, uh, we both are currently students at NDSU, North Dakota State University, here in Fargo. Um, and our relation, to, or how we know Sam, um, I was actually Sam's roommate um, for three years in college. Oh, yeah. So that is how I got to know the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yep, and I'm Eliza. Like Drew said, I'm his wife. Uh so I met Sam, I think I was in high school <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I first came over. Yeah, I would hang out at their apartment all the time. So, so yeah, they were they were dating. Uh, Drew was in college, Eliza was still in high school. So then she would come visit us at the apartment. Yep. Yeah, and then I guess the rest is history. But uh, Drew graduated, worked for Pepsi, and then now you're going back to be a teacher. Yeah, so I worked uh, as a sales manager for a little over a year for Pepsi. Realized early on wasn't going to be for me. Um, felt a calling towards uh, being a teacher. So now I'm uh, pursuing a, a degree in education right now. So so that's uh, kind of my plan, I guess. Yeah, you just want to be like me. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be like the wife. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, we all attend uh, Harvest Plains Church in Castleton, North Dakota. Um, it's all Harvest Plains. Adam Nesville goes there as well. So we're all going to the same church in a little town outside of Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, we all commute from Fargo to Castleton, <laughs> which is kind of unique commuting from a, a big town to a small town to go to church, but it's a, it's a great new church. But Eliza and Drew have a very interesting story and that's why we're having them on the podcast. Uh, they interacted with some Mormon missionaries in Fargo, North Dakota. So obviously, you've probably heard of a lot of stories if you listen to podcasts or watch YouTube videos of people interacting with Mormon missionaries or Mormons down in Utah or at the Mormon temples and things like that. But there's Mormon missionaries up here in in cold North Dakota, and they have a very interesting story of their interaction with them and how these Mormon missionaries tried to evangelize them and how they tried to evangelize them as well. So they're both <laughs> trying to you know, win each other over to their religion. Uh, but kind of to preface that, so Mormonism, if you're not familiar, is uh, what we would call a new religious movement in America. And so religious freedom in America has allowed what we call cults to arise. All these different false religions, these cults, these charismatic leaders that start these these movements and get followers to follow them and and uh, yeah, just how America is allows this to happen because we don't, you know, force religion on anybody. We allow anybody to believe what they want to believe as long as they don't break the the main government laws. And and so this religion religion called Mormonism cropped up uh, in the 1800s by a man named Joseph Smith. You've probably heard of his name before. Um, and and so. They claim to be Christian, which is very interesting. So they, they'll, if you ever talk to a Mormon, if you, or if you've heard of Mormonism, you've probably maybe even thought of it as being a denomination within Christianity. Uh, but it's, it's not a denomination, nor is it Christian. It's a completely different religion, and it's, it's just a couple hundred years old. It's, it's, it's not Christianity. And how we really can distinguish that uh, is in Christian doctrine, we have what we call primary or, or first-tier doctrine, and, and that's teaching on on where we get our authority. What is our authority? So in true Christianity, our authority is the Bible, the Word of God. It's our only authority because it is God's very Word. Uh, and then we have teaching on who God is. So what is, what's the nature of God? And so within that, we would have like teaching on the Trinity or teaching on Christ. Who is Christ? He's fully God and fully man, and he is God in the flesh, the eternally existing God. And then we have, uh, you know, doctrine on salvation. So how are we saved? And this really has to do with the gospel. How are we justified? How are we made right uh, before a holy God? And so that's, those really encompass what we call first-tier doctrine. So if something claims to be Christian but differs on those first-tier doctrines, it is not Christianity. It's a different religion. And so if we look at Mormonism and we apply a test to Mormonism, we can 
look at their authority. So what do they claim is their authority? Well, they will claim that the Bible is their authority, but they will also claim that the Book of Mormon is their authority. And so they put something besides the Bible at an ultimate authority as well. And you can't have two ultimate authorities. One has to submit to the other. Uh, and there's unbelievable contradictions between the Bible and the Book of Mormon. So it fails the test at that point. Well, it's actually, as far as the Bible is translated correctly. Sure. I believe, so it's like their pearl of great price and all, all their other like main works are all like infallible basically. Sure. And then the Bible is like they can kind of pick texts and, you know, it's like, well, it's not totally hundred percent correct so you know you can kind of fall back on that oh sure but it's just the bible in there like i think there's three main works that is the only one that isn't totally like correct so they would say the bible bows to the book of mormon oh definitely and you translate the bible through the lens of the book of mormon oh interesting Um, and actually the book of mormon doesn't have that much stuff in it that is totally opposite to scripture like if you read it um, well, they gave us a few of them, and we were reading through it, and it's like pretty. You still have them? Oh yeah, I have it. Oh nice. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, you start reading, and it actually, you're like, it's talking about repentance and faith and yep. all this stuff. And there's, I was only able to find like three verses that were just way off, but those ones that are way off are just have to do directly with what the gospel is. Sure. Um, like it says, we are saved after all we can do. Yeah, um, right. I'll have to find another one. But yeah, it's basically it's their other works like the Pearl of Great Price and the Book of Abraham and yep. other. Do you remember what the the third one was? Or I don't remember. Might have been another one. Oh, it's the Doctrines, Doctrine and Covenants. Yeah. Something like that. But those are the ones where it's like much, much different. Different than teaching. Scripture. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And so, the, yeah, it fails the test at the the authority you know, standpoint, they have a different authority, uh, than the Bible. And then obviously, as Eliza was saying, when we look at the gospel, uh, they, they have a workspace gospel after everything that you can do. So you, you really do have to work your way to salvation, uh, and their way, their, their salvation is, is really different. What, what eternal life is, is completely different than what it is in biblical Christianity. But then you have, uh, teaching on God. And so this was where it gets really wonky. Uh, one, God is not the eternally existing God. God the Father right now, uh, for them, had a, had a father before him. Uh, so he's not the eternally existing God. And they believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three different gods. Where we would believe in biblical Christianity that they're one God revealed in three persons. But they, they do distinguish them as three different beings. And then Jesus is, was, was not you know, eternally existing or isn't at the same level as God the Father. And correct me if I'm wrong, Eliza, but uh, he uh, basically, it almost gets into like some Greek mythology type stuff. God the Father had. uh, uh, Yeah, God uh, the Father lives on planets. Didn't he he have like a sexual relationship with some goddess and and Jesus was born from from that in a sense? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, so very weird. Like, Well, the famous, like what they believe about God, it's uh. As man is, God once was, and as God is, man may become. Which doesn't, (laughs) who knows what that even means. (laughs) So, yeah, basically, we can become gods. Right. And God was once a man. Um, Sure. And, you know, their whole gospel, like, when we talked to him the first time, I asked them to explain to me the gospel. And um, I was really, I was kind of shocked, because I was like, you know, that's better than most evangelical Christians could explain it. Um, I couldn't. Like, literally everything they were saying, I was just like, I'm having a hard time seeing where we're disagreeing yeah. here. Um, so I had to bring up just a couple things that I, like, sort of knew about Mormonism. But, um, yeah, they just, all their words are, like, Christian words. Right. Like atonement. Um, I mean, the gospel and just, like, Jesus Christ is our Savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically everything. Salvation. Um but then once you get to the meaning behind those words, they mean something totally different. Um, right, right. So I listened to, it's actually really helpful. It's uh, James White. He's got a bunch of stuff. On, right. Um, basically, he's spent so much time researching what they really believe. But it's this whole, like, scheme of things behind, like, a blanket that they just don't tell you. Yeah. Like, everything about what they say means something totally different than the Christian gospel. 
So, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, you can't just look at, you know, words and think that those words mean the same thing as we think mm-hmm. they mean. And that's with anything, like, especially in, in today's age, in our postmodern age, uh, words are, are, you know, defined differently. And, and, you know, just for an example, like the social justice movement, if we if somebody says they're for justice, a secular person says they're for justice, it probably means something totally different than what a Christian would mean when we say we're for justice. So that's when somebody says they believe in Jesus Christ, you have to ask them who is Jesus Christ because it's likely that, you know, especially in the Mormon religion, that the Jesus that they believe in is not the Jesus we believe in. Um, so that's kind of a an introduction on Mormonism, but just kind of tell the story of how you met these missionaries, how you interacted with them because you, you had three interactions with them and the last one was you guys invited them over to your apartment uh so kind of explain how that came about yeah um so i was in a coffee shop with some friends um so it's it's pretty interesting we met them in a coffee shop um because mormons don't drink coffee (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah we were sitting there chatting and we could see them um evangelizing to other people and so we were like trying to bait them with our Bibles, like, uh, come on, talk to us. And because um, I had only listened to like a couple podcasts on them, and it's like, well, they need the gospel. So, what were they wearing? Uh, oh, yeah, they, they always wear their nice suits and they sure. have their name tags on. Yep. Um, yeah, they're always like looking pretty spiffy. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they were talking to people and um, they were about to walk out and our Bibles obviously weren't working. So, <laughs> so I like really awkwardly flagged them down. I was like, hey, can you come sit and chat with us? And they were totally for it because, I mean, that's what they're there that's what to they're do. For, yeah. And yeah, so um, they sat down and I can't remember if it was two or three guys. It might have only been two. Um, but yeah, they're super nice, like really right. just nice people um super personable and yeah we talked for probably a half an hour 45 minutes about what they believe and that was the one where it was really difficult to get to the bottom of what like what was the difference yeah, between yeah. us because I would bring stuff up and it was just kind of like they would skirt around it and then I was trying to talk about you know there's no different gospel but at the same time I'm agreeing with them that like they're basically sharing the gospel with us but again everything behind what they were saying was totally different Mm -hmm. um so yeah we talked to them then and then uh they gave us their facebooks and they told us to reach out and we were all psyched we were like yeah let's let's meet up with (laughs) these guys again um so yeah we reached out and they uh got back to us right away and so we decided to meet up like i think the next week um so me and my friend uh Maddie and yeah her boyfriend Matt met them in the same coffee shop um and we were kind of prepared like we had you know done some research on stuff yeah um we decided that we were definitely gonna ask them more questions because we wanted to lead them to a conclusion kind of just see how like foolish what they were saying was um, yeah on their own because obviously nobody have they want to evangelize us and they're not going to be listening if we're like screaming at them like, no you're wrong because they're going to be like no you're wrong um so yeah we met up with them there we asked them a lot of questions about uh like who jesus is and um yeah just his nature and we talked about that for a while we would bring up different scripture and it was just like kind of back and forth and um it was appealing a lot to emotions. Uh, we could tell that from the very first time that we talked to them is because we asked, you know, like, well, how, how do you know you're right? And they would just say, Oh, we get this overwhelming sense of peace. Like we prayed <laughs> about it. Cause in the book of Mormon, um, there's an invitation. I forget where it is, but it says like, just like ask God, basically these things I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. And, um, he will like reveal to you if this is true or not. Sure. Um, so they said they had done that and they had got this overwhelming sense of peace. They know it's true. So, you know, we'd bring up, well, you know, the Muslim, uh, we would both agree that that's a false religion. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, yeah. And, um, but we were like, Hey, the Muslim has an overwhelming sense of peace too. Yeah. Um, and they were just like, yeah, but oh, the first guy, I think he said, um, well, 
Satan does come as an angel of light. That's right. But, <laughs> but he can't reproduce peace. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. So I was like, I see all these people around me who are very at peace with where they're at. Sure. And it's totally Satan blinding them. Like most of my life, I was very at peace. I didn't have a worry in the world that I was going to hell or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we talked to them a lot and it always kept circling back around to emotions and like this, Yep. you know, they couldn't offer us any like solid evidence of their religion. So it was emotions and it was them, you know, ask, you need to ask God about this. Like, please take home this book and, uh, ask yourself and see if it's true. Cause you know, and so then the third time, uh, we asked if they would want to come over for dinner cause we thought that'd maybe be a nice way to show some hospitality to them. Yeah. You know, they were telling us about like their mission work and, what they do on a daily basis and they come up to Fargo for it's like two three weeks it depends and they don't really know where they're going like they could stay here for a really long time so um, were they were they all like 19 to 21 ish yeah they were I don't know their exact ages but they were right around that um, I think it's 18 through like early 20s for the most part yeah, yeah. And, or mission and you're and you're like obligated to, to serve two years on mm-hmm. mission two years for guys and I think it's 18 months uh, but for, you don't have to like girls. if you're a Mormon you don't have to go on mission but once you do you're you're, you're there yeah okay. basically sure. like very committed if there's a death in the family it's like I mean you could go home not very very long did they Some tell people you don't like, what what did their did they tell you at all what their schedules look like like oh yeah so they wake up um <laughs> it's basically <laughs> study uh help another person study like you know teach them sure study some more it's a lot like they are they've got zeal if that's you know the word <laughs> yeah. and they, they like have Paul lunch. Had zeal. oh exactly and you know yeah, it's, it's very it's, i mean it, it runs on a specific schedule throughout the day i mean they started up with individual study then they moved into group study with other missionaries and their leaders of the the mission yeah um and then like the last half of the day they pretty much focus solely on um, evangelizing and training up and teaching other people um, that they were teaching mormonism too mm-hmm. sounded like um, they actually had quite a few too of people that they would meet up with that they had like solid meetings with hmm. so yeah. you, in some sense, they were having success in their yeah. mission up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then it was interesting. I mean, you remember when, like, we had dinner and stuff, and they have to be back by a certain time. Like, yeah. So that was actually one interesting thing that, because <laughs> we were just kind of trying to understand more, you know, how their schedule worked, their routine, and um, they said. Yeah, we have to leave here by at least, I think it was like 8.45 or something. Um, and they're like, and then it eventually came out that they had um, almost like trackers in their vehicles. Yeah. That would, um, that the people, the leaders of the mission um, back in, I think it's Salt Lake. I don't know um, if it sent it all the way back there. It anyways, sent it anyways, they were able to track where they were. So they weren't, they had a curfew of like 9.30. And if the the tracker went off after 9.30 that they were still driving around or something, they would get in big trouble for it. So it was it was kind of interesting to see, like, how much they were, you know, being watched. Almost, you could say, micromanaged to a yeah. certain extent. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to them, it's not, like, a weird thing, you know? When you're in a cult, you don't think you're in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, like... I mean, you got it. Like, they are so kind. And just the, like, I watched a ton of uh, Apologia Studios leading up to it. Yep. Just of uh, Jeff Durbin conversing with Mormons. And yep. So, like, they've just got, they do have rich community. And, right. like, just, they don't think that anything's weird about it. And, like, there's, you know, stories of people leaving and they're like, yeah, I lost. So, like, this huge community of people where there was genuine love and, it was like a good thing to them. But Mm -hmm. then once they found out and they left, you know, obviously it's just totally life changing, but yeah, they do have zeal (laughs) like Paul did. Yeah. And just the wrong type, I guess, (laughs) at the wrong object. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what they would say about, you know, Muslims. They said, well, that's just misplaced. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of 
like interesting that you know they would say that about the muslim faith right really ironic so okay once you invited them over to your apartment what was like your main tactics like what were you trying to because you obviously had done some prep work listened Mm -hmm. to some apology radio and had your bible all marked out with places that you wanted (laughs) to go to what what were you hoping to kind of pro them at like what where did you want to like you know press their buttons at yeah, so I think, well, the first time we took more of a, that open, like, okay, let's just ask them questions kind of thing, um, and we didn't want to get too into, like, because there's so many fringe things. It's almost like Roman Catholicism. Oh, where, yeah, you can get caught up on everything. Yeah, yeah the, you know, the polygamy and stuff, and, like, that's, like, it's a huge, that's what people think of when they think yeah, Mormonism. Like, LDS. that's the, yeah, but. So it's, like, we didn't want to get hung up on that, and then like really specific things. The second time we talked mostly about the deity of Christ. Um, I mean, obviously they right. do think he's a God, but just getting to the bottom of stuff there. And then the time that they came over for dinner, that was when we were like, okay, we got to bring up, you know, some historical things. Yeah. Um, I'd marked my Bible with just a lot of passages about like, um, there is no other God. I mean, God, he's very specific, you know? Um, he says there is none there's none form before me nor after me so right. we had that all marked out and then i had some stuff in the book of mormon too to show them you know this is like a false gospel um yeah my friend maddie brought up some really great points on just like the archaeology stuff yeah because of- the book of mormon doesn't have claim archaeological claims yep. that are like in central america or yeah Mexico. something like that and it's like totally like people or scientists now i don't know like say that you'll have to just look it up but (laughs) um it's something about the dna like they believe certain people groups had like mixed and like we know now that that dna it's just not possible or even if like it were to happen we don't have any traces whatsoever Hmm. of those two people groups like coming together um which was super (laughs) interesting when she brought that up uh one of the guys said i think his uncle or somebody was like a archaeologist or science scientist something uh, sure and he's mormon of course the yeah. uncle so he's like oh no no, he's found he's like th- this is legit oh, yeah yeah, like, yeah there's yeah. also scientists that believe this but of course they're only mormon they're only mormon scientists, scientists. <laughs> yeah. how convenient <laughs> <laughs> so yeah their, their book itself like if we compare it to the bible the bible makes you know tons of historical claims about places, mm-hmm. about people, about geography, uh, true history, uh, and none of them have been proven false. Yeah. So, you know. Well, you can find a map in the back of almost all your Bibles, you right. know, and then that's what, yeah, we brought that up too. Like, hey, the Book of Mormon doesn't have a map in there. You know, what's up, <laughs> yeah. what's what's up, up with, with that? that? No map? <laughs> Man. So, okay, yeah. So, the, the, yeah, the book itself makes weird claims. I mean, did you guys talk about, because, okay, one, if we look at the Bible, we know that it was written by over 40 different authors over a period of like 2,500 years in three different languages, and it's it's consistent all the way through. Uh, it, it's it's logically consistent. It It's the same story all the way through. You can't, there's no contradictions. All these things mm-hmm. that are, show that the Bible is is. is objectively true this is god's word and it validates itself and it's reasonable and it's factual uh and there's evidence to support it um and so then when you look at the book of mormon or the book of any other cult or false religion if you want to say like with with islam the book of quran or the, the quran you have like muhammad one guy supposedly getting a revelation from god and writing down what he says and so you again you don't have that plurality of all these different people uh, validating this, you just have one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Joseph Smith again, he's the the one that wrote the the Book of Mormon. So did you talk about at all just their book in general and how it's very unlikely that it's yeah. actually authentic? <laughs> yeah. Well, when we brought those things up again, it kept circling back around to well, we prayed this, and I've had this overwhelming sense of peace. So. Like, I know it's true. Right. It always circled back to, well, we prayed and the pe- we had this feeling of peace. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, like, disprove that my feeling was false. Like, th- they said, like, Satan can come in as a- an angel of light, but he can't 
make a feeling of peace within us. And so that was one of their big points. And for, did they did they back that up with like a like a verse? In, yeah, there's a chapter and verse in the Book of Mormon that uh, talks about that conveniently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it, <laughs> it says ask ask for this, and like basically that peace will validate it. And so it's an invitation. And does basically. it say in there too that Satan can't replicate that? Oh no, I don't think so. Oh, I that, mean, so I they could just be wrong, kinda, but huh. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where they got that one. But. Did you? So did they explain to you at all, or did you ask them at all? Just like, okay, how did Joseph Smith get this revelation? You know, not a whole. We didn't talk about Joseph Smith that much. Um, I had a bunch of quotes and stuff. I was like, ready, ready to, to whip bring out. up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, they would also bring up kind of again like Roman Catholicism, um, certain things that like. You know, the Pope will say things that are obviously wrong, and yeah. a lot of Catholics will agree with that, but yet they'll say, oh, well, he's a human, so he's sinful. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we were... So basically, they said the same thing about Joseph Smith or whatever prophet they say. Well, there's some stuff that they say that isn't necessarily true, and it's only the stuff that, like the Doctrine and Covenants, you know, those books that for sure are true, but they also have ne these new revelations and those things can be changed. Um, but, and yeah, they kept going back to, well, he's a sinful human, so, you know, he's obviously said some things that aren't totally correct. Like, I think I even brought up a verse once, or not a verse, a uh, quote from him. They kind of, like, laugh, like, oh, yeah, that, you, you know, like, yeah. oh, that thing. But it's like, We've no. heard this before. <laughs> right. And it's like, um, the human basically, because they're human, they're valuable and they can say something wrong, but also at the same time, they can like get these revelations from God essentially that are a hundred percent true, they say. So then, you know, we're asking, well, what, how do you know? Yeah. What? What's the standard? How do you weigh it or test right. it? Right. Like how, yeah. How do you know? And we really got foggy answers. It was kind of just like mm -hmm. really cloudy. I can't even. Well, right. Yeah. Because they really don't even know either. But right. the one, the, I would say, because you were asking about if we brought up anything about the origins, correct? And Yeah. So the one towards the end, because we really focused on like the deity of Christ and the differences in scripture um, in the Book of Mormon right away. Um, but towards the end, I did br bring up the Book of Abraham problem. Um, I don't know. Are you familiar with that, yeah, that yeah. issue? Yep. And so just a quick synopsis of what it is, is, um, Joseph Smith, um, interpreted what said was, um, scripture, uh, the book of Abraham. I think it aligns with like the pearl of a great price. I think um, so. what's that? I think so. Yeah. And so he, it was written in Egyptian. Well, um, yeah, yeah. And it was, on, I think a papyri is what it was called. Yeah, papyrus scroll. So a guy came yep. over from Egypt, brought some mummies and some, you know, Egyptian archaeological artifacts. Mm -hmm. And part of that was some these papyrus scrolls, and he wanted to sell them. And mm -hmm. Joseph Smith was interested in buying them. Mm -hmm. This was post. This is after he had already supposedly got this revelation uh, from these golden tablets to interpret the the Book of Mormon from the mm -hmm. angel brought him down these golden tablets. He interpreted it. Then the angel took the golden tablets away and brought them back up to heaven, I think. Yeah. And so that's the story. And well, so this is after that. Right. And so he and Joseph Smith is the one who interpreted or translated, I should say, the Egyptian papyrus scroll. Yes. Yep. And so everyone just took it as, you know, scripture. Um, Mormon scripture yeah, he, from he, there on out. He took a look at him and said, hey, yep. this is about Abraham. Yes. And, and so, <laughs> right, but it was really interesting. I think it was in like 1960s or 1970s, they found the original scrolls. Yeah. The papyri scrolls that Smith translated. And so they had three separate um, Egyptian people who are really fluent in the Egyptian yeah. language. True translated. Egyptian scholars. Not, it wasn't even close. There was nothing even similar to what Joseph Smith came up with. So I just wanted to see, you know, how they would react to an outside source completely disproving the, yeah. one, of the, one of their books of Scripture. And when I brought it up, um, the one, uh, I think that he was the more experienced of the two, kind of ha had an idea of the issue and... Pretty much just right away, I was like, no, no, no. Um, 
you know, we really just cannot trust any sources outside mm-hmm. of the Mormon church and teachings. I mean, they're all just trying to lead us astray. So we really just can't trust that those Egyptian scholars um, actually accurately translated. And so he pretty much just said, we can't trust any source scientifically, whatever it is, outside of what the church itself teaches. Man. So it was like kind of mind-blowing. I mean, and, and so the, the lunacy of what he was doing. So, I mean, if you think of it in the terms of he, this guy's a fraud, Joseph Smith's a fraud. He's trying to think about, okay, here's this guy coming over from Egypt with this cool, you know, this was during the time where in the early 1800s, mid 1800s, where Egyptian artifacts were like, oh my goodness, this is a whole new thing. Like, you know, we go through periods of time in our, in our life where something becomes really fascinating, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, in the mid 1900s, you know, the space movement, going to space was super fascinating. Everybody was interested in it. So back then everybody was interested in this, this, these new discoveries from Egypt. And, and so again, like he, he went and wanted to look at these papyrus scrolls that were for sale. He ended up buying them for what would be today about $75,000. So a bunch of his Mormon people pooled together funds and they bought these artifacts. And then Joseph Smith then goes and interprets them supposedly. (laughs) And how stupid it is, is if you know anything about language at all, like I mean, you know, a word can mean like maybe a couple words depending on grammar in a different language or, or, you know, maybe one word in Hebrew can be translated into maybe three or four different words in English or maybe two words consecutively, but you're not going to, what happened is you had one Egyptian hieroglyph and he, which actually the Egyptian scholars said is interpreted a name for a specific God that the Egyptians worshipped. And he had interpreted that, interpreted that single hieroglyph as a whole paragraph, paragraph on the life of Abraham. So somehow, some way, he was able to pull out a bunch of words in English out of one symbol, one hieroglyph in, in the Egyptian writing. So it's like, mm-hmm. how's that possible? Like This doesn't even make sense with translation or language or anything like that. And yeah, it just had nothing to do with what Actually, what he was, you know, totally wrong, totally wrong. But I think most people think that Joseph Smith, obviously not Mormons, but a lot of people think that he was just a great storyteller and he loved to entertain people, and that's how it started out. And then he was like, you know, I could, uh, (laughs) kind of, of kind of, yeah, because he, when he interpreted or when he wrote the Book of Mormon, I think he, he got some people to to back him on it and invest in it. And so I think a couple people like sold their farms and, mm-hmm. and invested in this book of Mormon. And then people started to buy it. And some people started to actually, he was getting, uh, some, some, uh, a word that the people have bought the book of Mormon and were getting like, they were changing their lives and they were following it. And so like, Oh man, <laughs> people are following this book that I wrote. Maybe I uh, should make this into something. Yeah. And so it's, that's probably actually what happened. Uh, so he started to get a following. And well, I mean, it's attractive to a sinful human because what it says essentially is you can become God. Like yeah. you can become at least a God. And it's like, yep. that's exactly, you know, like Satan wants to flip everything on its head. And we like as humans literally have absolutely zero hope ever becoming like God. Um, right. Like to the extent of what they're talking about, is yeah. they're going to have their own planet um, and have all these spirit children with their like spirit families and keep reproducing. They are the God of their own planet. And, you know, to somebody who it, it's like the gospel isn't attractive to them because they're not regenerate. But now all of a sudden this, that says, well, yeah. you can, become a god and you know you're never gonna die and it's it's basically about how good you are and following these yeah like, very workspace right um so <laughs> you know it's, even when polygamy was around two within it like yeah it obviously to those people following it it was like oh this is yeah great. to a guy <laughs> yeah yeah, like, yeah I'll, do, I'll do this mormon thing mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> multiple wives yeah, and, and the interesting thing about their they practice open revelation, so God can still speak to the leader mm-hmm. and give them new revelation, new teaching. And so, 
obviously they were getting a lot of pushback on the polygamy thing. So they apparently the you know their leader got a revelation and oh God says no longer can you do the polygamy thing. Okay, and then they uh, they were actually really racist and so they wouldn't let uh, uh, African Americans or black people at all be be pastors or leaders in their church. Uh, and so eventually though, when they, when the, when Mormonism started to expand greatly in Africa, now they were left with this dilemma. Well, we're going to have to have some black people be leaders. Right. And I think that was after the civil rights movement as well. Oh, right. So, it was so like, again, all this pushback, right. You could see them like the culture had changed before and all of a sudden the revelation started to respond to the cultural change <laughs> you could see in oh, god spoke again yeah. apparently it's okay <laughs> man that's a that's an interesting god that's constantly changing his mind and is actually mutable changing and changes his mind doesn't have a consistent nature consistent teaching or consistent moral code totally weird totally weird totally occult Without a doubt. So what were what were some other things that you guys talked to them about? Um, we really tried to yeah, hit it hard on like the fact that God literally says in scripture that he is the only God. Yeah. And um so we'd bring up specific verses and they would really just talk their way around it. Um there's that one point when uh, I should pull it up because it was just like so clear. Um, well, I remember for one part um, we brought up Isaiah forty three ten, um, and I'll just read it here quickly. Um, it says, "You are my witnesses," declares the Lord, "and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me." Right. Um, and so, pretty much explicitly stating that there's no gods before, no gods after. Right. So. You- you can't become a god and have right. your own planet. <laughs> and so, but then, so like we brought that up and they pretty much said, well, you have to interpret that through the lens of, say, the Book of Mormon yeah. and their other scriptures. And so I, I think I was at that point where I was just kind of, well, I'm just kind of curious, you know, how do you interpret that specific yep. verse? Through this lens, and I and I, th- it was totally out of character because the main guy he was like, I, I say the main guy because he was training in the other um, guys oh, sure. who were with him, but he you know he was very calm, cool, and collected all the other times we were talking. And then all of a sudden he he just kind of blew up at Drew <laughs> for a quick second. Yeah, he was like like saying that was disrespectful and. We were just like kind of in shock. We were like right, because it was super out it of wasn't character. Just, he pretty much said like I wasn't respecting his belief. Um, when I, I mean, I I thought I said it in a nice way. I just was curious, yeah. you know, like how he interpreted that text. And he was backed into a corner, and he yeah. had to get yeah. himself out. Well, cause <laughs> what they would say for other verses. Um, I mean, it's funny because Isaiah over and over. It's like within the same few chapters. Um, Isaiah forty four eight says, "Is there a God besides me?" There is no rock. I know not any. So they would take those like verses like that saying, there is no other God. And they would say, well, that means that um, there isn't a God like like him. Like he's on a whole nother level, basically. So it's yeah. almost like a figure of speech saying like that there will be nobody else like him. He's just totally different on a whole nother level. Although there are other gods. So right. it was almost like this. And there's still technically a, a God that was the father of God, the father. Right, exactly. And so that's what is interesting with that verse that Drew just brought up because it says before me, no God was formed. Right. And it was like, so it's not just that there aren't other gods like him. It's like literally nobody, like there was no other thing formed. Yeah. (laughs) So they backed him into the corner. They freaked out a little bit, said you were uh, being disrespectful or, I mean, well, yeah, you don't, technically respect their beliefs because they're wrong (laughs) but obviously they didn't even uh and i mean that's the thing we tried making clear like throughout the whole thing was we're not just trying to talk to them because um we just want to prove them wrong you know right as christians we don't just want to like slam them down and be like ha look but we were like like we care about you guys and it's like yeah it's like terrifying because one day i mean if they don't trust in christ they're gonna wake up and this is their whole life you know and they're gonna wake up in hell and it's like that is absolutely just like we were basically pleading with them like 
please like look at this like we're trying to show you like god has which is amazing that god would have so much mercy on them that he would like use us in those situations because technically i mean like god three times went to them and was like please don't you know like come back like yeah, yeah. we're reading scripture to them like don't do this and every time it was just you know once it became clear to them that we only cared about them becoming like actual christians then they were like nope um yeah we're just gonna spend our time on people who are actually open to this so interesting yeah so when when they discovered that you guys were a little bit more of a persistent evangelist than they themselves were (laughs) (laughs) yeah they got out oh these guys are a little bit more evangelistic than we are (laughs) Uh uh-huh and it got really interesting too when we would uh because up to that third like that third meeting we had done a lot more research now than obviously the first yeah um so right going into it because i had found out all these what these terms actually mean essentially so i explained like the whole i was like okay now correct me on this if i'm wrong because i want to know if i'm like viewing your religion correctly yeah um so we went through basically the gospel to them is that um people like at, in the beginning, there was matter. It just wasn't formed yet. So we've always basically eternally existed. Um, huh. And then huh. eventually, if we don't become Mormons ourselves, we will go to spirit prison. Um, and then Mormons actually can come back. Like, once they die, they can go into spirit prison, like, share the gospel with these people, the Mormon gospel with these people yeah. in spirit prison. And then if they repent and believe and all of these like ordinances the gospel ordinances like baptism which is obviously hard for somebody who's dead to be baptized so that's why they do baptism of the dead and it's this whole like yeah, crazy if you, thing yeah if you guys don't know what baptism of the dead is dead is basically i mean being very simple here they just they find names of dead people and they baptize the name I mean, right. you wonder typi- why. It's typically their family members that they, right. yeah, would look for. But and I mean, it got, it got, they got so into it uh, that they started to, well, fun fact, like ancestry.com and things like <laughs> that, like are Mormon because the Mormons have, because of their baptism of the dead teaching, have been so good at, uh, you know, f- records. keeping records of yeah. names and genealogies and family genealogies and things like that so that these Mormons can find their their lost ancestors and baptize their name like mm-hmm. they actually have really good records and that's <laughs> why we can kind of benefit from their ancestry studies and kind of figure out who our ancestors are uh-huh. so yeah drew brought up the baptism of the dead to them i think or maybe it's somebody else but yeah and then they he agreed with it but you know you could tell there were some things that they would agree with what do you that, mean agree like, with? Like agree that... Like we'd ask, is, is this true? Basically? Oh, yeah. Like the baptism of the dead or I, at one point, I think I asked one of the guys like what they believe about hell um, because I had found out that basically they, hell is only where Satan and the demons go unless you're an apostate Mormon, then you'll go to hell. Um, but Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So <laughs> so I, I was never going to go to... keep them in. <laughs> none of us were ever going to go to hell um unless we became mormon and then and then left and then left yep um but they still even on that were kind of like "Eh." anyways um yeah there were the three kingdoms and we were probably going to go to one of the lower two because we hadn't done all the ordinances to get to the highest level the celestial kingdom i believe it is is that the highest or yeah it might be there's celestial teal telestial and terrestrial right yep something like that um, so yeah, we went through this with them and we were like, is this right? And they're like, yeah. And I mean, that's their gospel basically is you do these things and then you can get into the highest kingdom. Um, and that's where Jesus is like in this highest kingdom. He's not in the other ones, but like if you're basically a moral person, you'll go to that middle one. So what, what, what do they believe Jesus did for them? Which is the very confusing thing because you know, Jesus was once just like us. Yeah, just um, a man, huh? Yeah, so we got into a really interesting, like, conver- it was basically like a hole. <laughs> we couldn't <just like laughs> get out of it. It was like, because we were Everybody saying, was confused? Oh, yeah, we were all confused. Because we were asking, like, well, what is so special about Jesus? Like, could I have died for the world's sin, yeah. basically, if, you know, Jesus was once like me? And 
they said, yeah, like base anybody could have done it, (laughs) but it was Jesus who did it. So, Hey, he got there first, but, um, yeah, he, and that's the crazy thing is they will explain the gospel to you. They will explain the God, you know, quote. Um, but the atonement is like, they'll, they hammer hard on the atonement of Christ. And it was in the garden, garden of Gethsemane that they believed that he started it and all this. And then it ended on Calvary. Um, but you know, when he was bleeding, (laughs) but I don't really honestly know specifically what the atonement even did for us because in this whole grand scheme and loop of things that they believe with all these kingdoms, I mean, well, I feel like they have more of like a universal perspective, um, for the atonement that it is when Christ died, yeah, yeah. that, that it was atoning for the sins of pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. Sure. Except those in the yeah. outer realm. Or... But if you're damned, you are damned up. So you can't go up anymore, basically, in these kingdoms. So huh. if you are totally, like, that's what they mean when they say, like, damned, or I don't even know if they would use the word, like, unsaved or unbeliever. But basically, yeah, you can't. As Christians, you know, we would believe that if somebody is an unbeliever they will go to hell for eternity which is absolutely just like terrifying that's why we're telling people right um but they believe that like if you are damned you're just staying in say the lowest kingdom say if hitler was an unbeliever which i think evidence yeah, is he probably yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> um he just wouldn't be moving up to that next kingdom he'd just be stuck in that one but joseph smith did say for the lowest kingdom that it is so glorious that if anybody saw it that they would commit suicide to get there. Like that is how wonderful the lowest. (laughs) 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 Maybe he saw it. So, wow. (laughs) Man. So even a wicked guy is wicked as it gets Hitler, Stalin, Malachi people. They're still in a place that's way, 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 way better than our Mm -hmm. current situation. Oh yeah. So yeah, very universalistic or, you know, it's mm-hmm. universalism. To Which, you know, begs the question, then, why are they evangelizing? Right. And it's obvious because it is this works-based gospel that you have to do these things and be a good Mormon and you'll get the to the higher level. You know, it's like, why do Jehovah's Witness um, evangelize? Because right. they don't believe in a literal hell for eternity. Right. It's like, it's just so clear that it isn't. Because, I mean, in a sense, obviously, like, they could have cared about us. But um, also, you know, we're not going to hell. We're still going to be in glory in the lowest kingdom, maybe because we're moral in the second, like, highest. But, yeah, it's just, it's crazy because they can just work their tail off their whole life for this thing that they are just so sure is true. And it's not. And so, you know, when you're indoctrinated your whole life, it's like, well, if anybody says anything otherwise, you're just like, oh, they're crazy. I mean, we have the truth. Like, we right. have, as Christians, like, we do believe in the ultimate truth, um, and we are saved by Christ. But it's almost like if someone were to come to me and say something opposite, like, they're so set in their minds that, you know, if, say, Sam were to come to me and be like, actually, this whole thing is false, I'd be like, you're just, no, you, you don't know Christ, and that's why you're saying this. Now, in their mind... They're thinking, like, these people just don't know the truth, and that's why they're saying these things. And, you know, basically at the end, they even sent us a message saying essentially that we were of Satan and, like, trying to pull them away. They quoted this chapter out of the Book of Mormon. It was over Facebook. Sure. (laughs) But, you know, they thought, you know, we're just of the world and of Satan, and of of course we're going to try to tear down this true religion because they have the truth, so... You know, you, it's so easy for them to just rationalize and justify their thoughts in their head. Of so what, what did they, did you ask them at all about people prior to Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon and, okay, they have this true way of salvation, they got this true religion, here it is, but it's only 200 years old. Like, mm-hmm. what about well, basically, most of human history? Yeah, like, I what mean, the heck do you do with that? Basically, yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like everything prior to that was just like the church was going astray and that is why you know joseph you god used joseph smith to correct the church basically right they pretty much said that they had like part of the truth well no um, we have part of the truth right yeah. but the people prior to joseph oh, yeah. smith 
Um, they just didn't have the whole and complete truth with, you know, mm-hmm. all their scriptures and other teachings. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I'll have to Aren't read. Aren't we lucky that we live now? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is from uh, Second Nephi um, oh, yeah, 29.6, and it says, Thou fool. So, you know, like the fool shall say, a Bible, we have got a Bible, and we need no more Bible. So, and even earlier in the chapter, it says, um, But thus saith the Lord God, O fools, they shall have a Bible, and it shall proceed forth from the Jews and mine ancient covenant people. And it basically, this whole it, the chapter is like making fun of people who say, like, scripture alone. Oh, sure. Like, we, I mean, we've got, because what we're saying to them is we've got the Bible, and like, this is our ultimate authority. We don't need... like four other books or three whatever (laughs) and in their book of mormon it says like the fool shall say we've got a bible (laughs) oh man good night i mean and just a just a little again history they just figured out so apparently uh joseph smith apparently you know was given these golden tablets interpreted these golden tablets and wrote it down in the book of mormon or it was you know uh, interpreting it, saying it to a scribe. The scribe was writing down the words, I'm pretty sure. And then they had a picture of this depiction. Uh, I've got it in the front of the Book of Mormon, I think. They've got Can I look at some, it quick? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> There's a bunch in there. There's so he was, yeah, he was out in the woods and uh, praying or whatever what he was doing, and that's when the angel visited him, gave him the tablets. I'm pretty sure he interpreted them, blah, 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 blah. But it turns out, actually, what actually happened is that Joseph Smith, before this whole Mormon thing, was a treasure hunter. He liked to find treasure, and he he uh, found in his you know in his treasure hunting or whatever a, a seer stone, which is used by cultish people, occult people, and you know mm-hmm. communicating with demons and spiritual realm, weird stuff like that, weird things like that. So he got the seer stone, and apparently, how he actually got the Book of Mormon was not with these golden tablets, but he put a seer stone into a hat, put his face in the hat, and then in the hat was shown pictures of these of these documents or these scrolls. And that's how he got the Book of Mormon. And so it wasn't actually these golden tablets. And now the, the, the church, the LDS church, does admit that that's actually what happened, uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. They actually do, too, admit on their website um, about, you know, the book of Abraham that we were talking about. They admit that the uh, translation is, like, wrong. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's like, straight out there, and, like, they have to at some point admit. I mean, good night. And it just makes me thankful that true true Christianity is is so reasonable, and and there's evidence, and and it makes sense, and you can validate it, and it's... It's not just a subjective feeling mm-hmm. of peace that I have to constantly fall back on. Like, no, it, it fits reality completely. It makes sense. And, you know, even like if you compare every other religion to Christianity, every other religion, if they have any sort of a way of salvation, it's works-based. Mm-hmm. Christianity, true biblical Christianity is the only one that's actually by grace alone, by, by faith through grace alone. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just it's so interesting you know, when, when dead people, when people that aren't truly saved try to come up with a false religion, it will always be works-based. Works yeah. It's like, it's just the way it is. And that's what you see in all these cults and what you see in Islam and even the Jews, you know, they it was works-based. And, and so true biblical Christianity is the only one that's by grace. It's a, totally a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, the interesting thing is if you're thinking, you know, man, you know, what's the point of talking to these Mormons if they're so just like brainwashed and steeped in their ways and, and uh, you know, they don't care about evidence or reason or anything like that. They're just going to continue to fall back onto these subjective feelings of peace. Like, what what's the hope? Why do I even try to evangelism? Why even share the gospel with them? And if you've listened to any of the podcasts prior to this, uh, we went through the doctrines of grace. So we talked about election, how... There, there, there is a certain number. There's a specific number of, of, of God's elect that He has uh, foreknown um, to be saved, uh, uh, predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, and those people He will save on this life. So there are certainly Mormons right now who are totally blind, 
but because they are an elect, uh, when the gospel does uh, find them, and when they do hear the gospel, they are his lost sheep, so they will hear his voice, and they will come out of that, and they'll be converted. So there is a hope. That's why we evangelize Mormons, Mm -hmm. because if we happen to come across a Mormon who is an elect, they will come to Christ. God will regenerate their heart. Um, So we can have that hope in our evangelism that, you know, I don't have to think that I'm always going to just like have a pointless conversation that goes nowhere. Even if it feels super, like there were so many times where, like I said, it was a hole. It was like, we're, yeah, I don't know how to, why am I doing this? Right. But yeah, that's the thing. And even if we didn't see any immediate results, you know, like them just totally repentant right in front of us. Um, that doesn't mean that God won't use what we said and regenerate them later if they are of his elect. Right. Um, like so many people who have come out of it say, like, I was just listening. Sandra Tanner, I think her name is. Look her up. Okay. I'll look <laughs> <it> up. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's super sweet. So she came out of it and she had so many people come to her throughout the years, you know, and say stuff. And I think even in eighth grade, one girl came up to her, a Christian girl, asked, um, <laughs> what do you believe about God? And she said, you know, the thing of as God is yeah, so man once, you know, that sure whatever. Man and will become. Yeah. yeah, this girl says blasphemy <laughs> <laughs> and then just walks away. And she was like, you know, I'm not saying go around and just tell all because she's not a Christian now. And she's like, I'm not saying go around and tell all the Mormons that they are blasphem- <laughs> right, blasphemers. Exactly. But she was like, it made me think. And I had like so many encounters and like that just stuck in her head. She yeah. was like, I couldn't get it out. And God used that to save her. Yep. Like, and she was like, I, I hope I see that girl in heaven someday. Because, like, literally, she, I mean, that girl doesn't know, like. What happened? Yeah. Right. She ha- She doesn't even know her name. But um, God eventually saved her as a result of the gospel. Obviously, that wasn't blasphemy. It's not the gospel. But <laughs> she had heard it later on, and that made right. her think. So, yeah, it is, like, no matter, I mean, that's how it is with any person. Even if they're not in a cult, it's like, you're still blinded by Satan, which is. Yep. You know, either way, it's going to take God totally regenerating somebody's heart. So talk to Mormons or whoever, yeah, whoever talk to they anybody. are. Yeah. No matter, even if they're part of like Church of Satan, like they're still, you know, if they're an elect, but even though they're in that right now, like the gospel could, and if they are an elect, will change them and God mm-hmm. will regenerate them. So there is that hope always in evangelism that we can, when we spread the gospel everywhere, uh, God's elect will be found and will be saved. So is there anything else as we wrap up this episode like that you want to say about your interaction or anything you forgot to say or cool stories or whatever? Mm. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the huge thing, like like I said, you know, it's so attractive to other, obviously some people, Mormonism, are like, wow. But to the people in it, it's like, you know, this is their thing. Yeah, and, um, Rich community, it's kind of like CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think we want to go down that road. No. <laughs> Join us next time on CrossFit. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, Jesus says uh to Jews when they're about to stone him, he says, um or the Jews wait, the Jews answered him. Is it not good for is it not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy? Because you, being a man, make yourself God. But, like, that's the whole theme of, even in, I forget where it is in the Old Testament, when it says, you thought I was like you. Like, God is saying, you thought I was like you. Yeah. Um, but now I will arraign my judgments before you. Yeah. Like, they totally, they're taking this thing, and Satan loves it, this religion, flipping it on its head and, you know, saying that, we can become God and God was like us. Yep. And it's totally, the Bible says it all over. Like, um, well, it's like the original temptation with Eve, like, you know, eat of this tree and you'll, of this fruit and you'll be like God mm-hmm. yep. knowing, you know, good and evil. It's like, that's always, uh, like a very foundational temptation to man mm-hmm. to want to be like God. That's what Mormonism is apparently yeah. giving you. We get to be gods. <laughs> yeah. I would say uh, for myself, a few of the big takeaways. Um, for one, it was a realization of how respectful the Mormons actually were to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just incredibly polite, um, super thankful for the food we had, for having them over. Um, so it was, it was really cool to see, I guess, you know, we were able to have a civil conversation. Yeah. Um, 
but also then I was in, you know, learned to that we need to be respectful in our parts as well, understanding how deeply ingrained they are in yeah. this belief. Um, and so being respectful, not, you know, pointing out things on maybe polygamy or racism th- and try not to focus on those, those peripheral more things. peripheral issues yeah. Yeah. And, and really focusing on, yeah, the main issues with the gospel, yeah. scripture um, and differences there. Um, and then, you know, obviously doing research beforehand because there is, you know, so much material and stuff to yeah, learn. A lot. Um, and then lastly, yes, just sharing out a love with them mm-hmm. because we want them to be saved and come to know yep. Christ uh, through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So. And don't be like scared to talk to them either because they, they want to talk to you. Right. you know? <laughs> like that's, that's the goal. Do. They're stoked if you want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. But like, no, you know, those language barriers that you're going to have, because I totally was like, yeah, they're talking about the same gospel when I knew they weren't. Yeah, you know, it's I listened, like, I, the same. <laughs> I, I knew it was a cult, but it was like, why does this sound so like the same? Yeah. Right. So like, look up those things and just the background of, you know, you don't have to know every single detail of all these historical things and whatever. Like, yeah. it's helpful to do that, like for sure, if you go for it, but don't like, you know, oh, I don't know enough, so I'm just not going to talk oh, to them. Oh, right, right. But yeah, it is like Drew said, super helpful to look at what their gospel actually is, um, and do it out of love. Totally making that known to them that you're not just trying to body slam. Yeah, them. win an argument. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you're actually you actually care for their eternal soul. Right. And yeah, it might be awkward, you know, <laughs> like please, you know, you're pleading with them. Yeah. But, and I, I think mean, that's yeah, that's extremely important with anybody who's doing evangelism is especially with people that are in different religions is like. Don't, you know, in a, in a loving way, because it is loving to make sure that you make the distinction that uh, this is a different religion. And if you stay in this, you will go to hell. Like that is loving to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a lot of times, well, oh, somebody said, oh, they claim to be Christian. They claim to believe in Jesus. Oh, I'm just going to submit. Oh, we're, we're on the same side. Uh, yeah, you're fine. And that's what they were trying to do the whole time right. was, you know, like showing where we're the same. And right. They're, they're saying like, even at, yeah, at one point it was like, like, we're not saying you're wrong. And there was a, I remember in the coffee shop, I was like, no, but you are. And that's why, like, I'm just yeah, saying yeah, it because yeah. what your prophets say, they say that we're wrong. So like, just say it. And I, you know, explain. Yeah, that's the point. Like, <laughs> like you're not going to offend me. Like, let's, let's lay it out. Like, this is different. Mm-hmm. These can't both be true at the same time. Yeah. And co- actually, interestingly enough, the one guy who was actually very more much more aggressive yeah he he did say something he i think he finally agreed like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they didn't bring him back the next time <laughs> oh, man that's yeah. the guy that they, they should have been talking to and they, yeah. <laughs> they didn't bring him back i wonder what they did with them <laughs> uh, i don't know yeah but they i mean they did appeal to like love over and over this feeling of peace and like they wanted to have like unity almost and that was the thing that we did have to keep bringing up is we're we're not saying that you're wrong and that these things like pointing out these things because yeah we just want to prove you wrong and we're doing it we had to explain like if what we believe is true and you will end up in hell like how much do we have to hate you to not tell you exactly (laughs) like i would hope that if you thought i was going to end up in hell you would like shake me yeah (laughs) (laughs) man well Awesome. I think that's we went over an hour. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh in future episodes we can continue to interact with these cult movements or different religions and just to continually see how Christianity is is the only true, you know, truth. It's true. It's not it's not even necessarily you can't even necessarily call it a religion like religions are man-made. This Christianity is the uh, the objective truth. It's reality. Uh, the God that we worship is the true God, the living God, and so we do want to. Uh, there's there's lost sheep in in every probably false movement. There's lost sheep all over the world. God promises promises us that somebody will be saved from every tongue, tribe, and nation. So we we need to be evangelizing these people that are that are in these false religions, uh, and we need be we need to be persistent with it too. We can't just uh, yeah give up and 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 you know submit to you know, their, their use of words. Oh, it sounds the same. Let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and not interact with them. So I think we, yeah, we need to be persistent in our evangelism. 
But uh, yeah, thanks for having this conversation with me on this. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe there'll be another uh, a part two on this because you guys uh, <laughs> interact with some more Mormon missionaries oh, yeah. in the future. Actually, uh, what you can do is you can go online and they will come visit you. So you type in your address <laughs> and you can schedule home visits. Nice. So, yes. <laughs> if this episode prompted you, know, you to do so. <laughs> Jehovah, the Jehovah's Witnesses are, the, you know, they're the ones that really get after knocking on the doors. And I've been just waiting. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> I'm waiting. I can't wait for a Jehovah's Witness to knock on my door. I'm going to be hopefully ready. <laughs> yeah, come on in. Yep, been waiting for you. Sit down. Got a meal made for you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to say? No, Nothing? thanks for having us. Yeah. No, no problem. I'm sure I'll have you again. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.